I'm J-Mac. And I'm Jess. And you're listening to Base Code Podcast. G'day, g'day. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> I'm totally leaving that in. We have a little bit of lag when we record, so we're, we're kind of watching each other on video chat. But because you're on, like, the other side of the planet, yeah. there's just a slight lag. So we're always, like, competing to start. And, like, you don't catch it in the editing. But I'm leaving that one. That's funny. Oh, crap. <laughs> so, cool. So, wedding bells are in the air. Oh, man. Yeah. Probably not until 2021. But, yes, the wheels are in motion. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, we did it when we were at the... PHP UK conference in London. She'd actually studied abroad uh, in London during college and hadn't been back since. So she was really excited for the trip and uh, particularly like we were going to do a day trip to the Cliffs of Dover. It was like one of her favorite spots. Okay. So I just remember her talking about it a bunch and stuff. So I just thought, okay, we're, we're going to do it there. We're going to do a little destination engagement. So... So yeah, it was like terrible English weather, or I guess proper English weather, whatever proper. you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah. It was right on the right on the English channel. And so it was just like terrible weather. But oddly enough, or or you know, happenstance had it that uh the clouds kind of parted for about twenty minutes. So nice. again, I was just like, This this is, you know, this is has to be done. Has to be done. So went for it. How did you feel going into it? Were you really nervous or you know what? I, I really wasn't nervous like at all until we got on the cliffs and I'm kind of scared of heights and it was like super gusty. Like London's been having like crazy winds like for the last several weeks hmm. or at least had like some storm like the week before we got there and it was still gusting, of course, just being, you know, on the coast. So like there were just a couple paths that were a little slick, a little whatever. So that was actually making me really nervous. And like, so I was, part of it was finding like literally like a flat, <laughs> not slippery spot to like surprise her, you know, with the engagement. Yeah. I was more asking if you were nervous about the proposal as opposed to getting blown off a cliff. <laughs> no, that's my point. I knew what you were asking. I'm saying I wasn't nervous about the proposal. I ended up being super nervous about falling to my death. About safety. Okay. Yeah. And that's not metaphoric. That was literal falling to my death. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. All right. Cool. So, yeah, enough of that. So, yeah, what else is new? What else is new? Um, Just working on shift like we talked about. Um, You know, I pretty much spend, I would say, like, maybe 10 or 15 hours on shift a week. Most of that's support. And then maybe another 10 hours is on like consulting services normally related to shift. So like the human shifts or like I help people upgrade their application for them because I'm just more efficient at it and they rather focus on features, like all that stuff makes sense. Yep. So, you know, I might do, especially during like upgrade season, so to speak, you know, around the new releases, I'll do a couple of those. There's more of those at that time. And then the other few hours I try to work on, you know, new things or whatever, like community contributions, you know, uh, either to Laravel directly or packages or a blog post. Blueprint. Blueprint. Yeah. Podcasting. Which I need to get back to. Need to get back to Blueprint. Okay, cool. So do you keep to like a fairly regular schedule and regular hours? Like do you mostly work during the typical nine to five? Do you flow outside of that? How does that all work? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, normally work probably like nine to four. So I'll get up and I normally spend the first hour trying to like catch up on support emails that came in overnight. Okay. And then just kind of like, just kind of daily catching up to like, I'll troll Twitter, just see if there's anything, any ideas, thoughts, anything pressing from there, um, which are also sometimes support, but also just kind of like, hey, is there cool information that, you know, I want to see? So I'll do that for like the first hour. Yeah. And then I'll normally try to hit something like, I'm better in the mornings, so I try to hit something like really hard until lunch, like yeah, just like a three-hour sprint on something. Okay. You know? And I, I fade in the afternoon normally, so that's when I definitely go to like the standing desk and just to kind of keep me active. And I'll try to either finish whatever I was working on during the morning or I'll switch gears to like whatever afternoon tasks there is. Yeah. And then normally to end of the day, I do like some coaching calls and stuff like that. Or like those human, you know, shifts or whatever consulting I try to do it towards the end of the day. Because I found if I start my day with the consulting, it kind of occupies my mind the whole day. So I try to get kind of like my stuff done first and then I'll take a break and kind of mentally switch gears. And then I'm ready for kind of that social hour (laughs) at the end of the day. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. What about you? I find when I'm, I'm doing a lot of consulting at the moment. And yeah, I'm finding it's definitely occupying like all of my thoughts, like weekend, everything at the moment. I find it hard not to go really deep on particular problems and be able to sort of like switch between and work on a bunch of different things at the same time. I can kind of dedicate like a whole day to doing something different. Like today is my non-consulting day. So I'm doing things like podcasting. I'll try and catch up on other bits and pieces. But yeah, the biggest stuff I'm working on tends to sit in my head. So as far as like days of the week is you said that not every day is consulting. So in like your day off, so to speak, is it truly off or are you working on other programming things? No, definitely working on other programming things. It's kind of tough. Like at the moment, I've really gone in on this particular consulting thing that I'm helping out with. And I think it's good to some extent to you know, give them my full attention. For sure. Um, I'm not distracted by other things that are going on, but I do have that one day a week where I try really hard not to, but there's been a few weeks where even on my day off, I've ended up doing like unpaid work for them effectively. Yeah. So like, how do you decide what to work on then? So like right now you're full-time kind of working for yourself. So how do you decide, okay, I'm going to take on more consulting work, like client work, you know, third-party work, Versus like, I'm going to work more on Gifty Duck or I'm going to work more on open source or whatever. Like what kind of motivates you or drives you towards a decision there? Is it like purely financial? Is it interest? Is it both? Like talk to me about how you decide. Uh, I think that's a bit of both. I, I do tend to be probably a little bit too reactive in that I give the squeaky wheel, you know, whichever thing people are talking to me about or whatever it might be, I give that the most attention. Sure. So like when my business partner in Gifty Duck starts asking questions about, can we look at this? Can we look at this? And then I just kind of want to go, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. I find that sometimes I'm not very good at guiding my own decisions because when I do, it's generally just what's fun. Who's messaged me to talk about, you know, something cool. Yeah, I can kind of bounce around and generally I will overcommit a lot um but at the same time i still seem to i still seem to get things done anyway though so 
I find that I work best under pressure. So if I do have a bunch of things on my plate, I'm more likely to get all that stuff done as opposed to when there's not as much stuff on my plate. Sure. And then I just procrastinate to fill the time anyway. So that's something I think I need to reflect on more and actually improve because I wouldn't say I'm the right person to look to as a template. Well, I mean, you're definitely not alone there. I think kind of like we talked about before, like one of the curses, you know, is definitely like new shiny and like checking out the new stuff or maybe like dragging our feet with something over architecting, like whatever it might be just for those you know, simple kind of natural developer tendencies alone, like sometimes things, you know, can be harder. So it's interesting that you said that you work better under a deadline because I kind of have like a theory about that. Just again, anecdotally thinking of my own experiences, I think that until you kind of have like these hardcore deadlines, it's pretty hard to be self-aware like to be aware that you're doing this and to really make yourself stop. Yeah. Because when there's no deadline, when there's ultimate time and you're, like you said, you're working on your off days and you're thinking about stuff on your off days, like who cares? If you like what you do, who cares? I don't care. You know what I mean? So I don't think that's a big deal. Yeah. But when there's a deadline, when there's a constraint, when there's a resource constraint, whether it's time or money or or truly, you know, uh, resources, you know, other people or other developers or whatever, like anytime one of those constraints is in place, you start to realize that that type of behavior doesn't work very well. It's not a path to success. Yeah. And it makes you, it makes you make those hard decisions, you know? Yeah, I agree. And I think with something like Gifty Doc, where it's, there are not really any deadlines, I'm driving everything. I am an incredible bike shedder. Like, instead of working on a new feature, I'm like, oh, I'm going to upgrade to Laravel 7 because that just came out and I want to see what that's like. Yeah. And I went down this long path of then going and submitting PRs to every other package I use that was blocking me from upgrading. Well, I mean, that's good. That's good that you do that. Yeah. And yeah, I ended up spending a few nights on that and didn't end up, you know, building a new feature. Yeah. I think we've all been there. I think for me... I tend to operate like on a daily task list. So I have, and it's not really like, it's not really daily. It's just a running list of tasks that I want to get to. And the lists are normally categorized. So like, I don't have like my personal tasks necessarily, you know, in with my technical, you know, work, like shift work tasks, sort of speak. Yeah. But it's not necessarily like I got to do this Monday. I got to do this Tuesday. I got to do this Wednesday. It's more like a, a stack, you know, like here's what's on top and I'm just going to pop the next thing off. Yeah. And then maybe on a daily or weekly basis, I'll kind of resort those based on new priorities. And potentially even remove some that are no longer as important as they felt. Exactly. Yeah. I do something similar actually. Actually, fairly recently, due to some offhand tweet by Matt Stauffer, discovered the whole process of bullet journaling. And I'd always preferred to keep paper notes, like rather than a digital thing for whatever reason. So I'd always have like a to-do list, like in a little notebook, like I've got this little tiny notebook I keep all my notes in. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like a to-do list, but I'd always tend to start a new page all the time. And I'd go through these things like crazy because they're just like a place to scribble and get things out of my head. 
Because if I've got like to-do items in my head, I'm really ineffective. If I can get them all out of my head so that my head can focus on doing tasks as opposed to worrying about remembering the thing that comes later, um, I found that's really helpful. Yeah. And the process of bullet journaling gave me a tool and I think in its essence is just a bunch of different techniques you can use to write notes down, right? But I found it's actually been really, really helpful. Cool. Yeah, we'll definitely link that article in the show notes. Just going back to something you said a second ago, like how it helps you kind of get everything down so you can kind of switch like from having to think about it to just like having to work on it, right? Like, yeah, I, I'm totally the same way. So I, th- I thought that was cool that you said that because like I do the same thing. I need to make sure that it gets on that task list because otherwise, yeah, it kind of just like pecks at my brain and ends up being like this distractor yeah like i'm sure you've seen like the iron man movies you know i have seen that's the one with yeah with the robot guy i like that one the robot guy yeah danny jr yeah i'm not really into like the superhero stuff but i have seen two of the iron man ones and i like those ones because he's got all of the gadgets and stuff okay I'll give you a pass, but the fact that you said robot guy, I might have to leave that in there too, so we can make fun of you. He's the robot guy, right? He's Iron Man. (laughs) Anyway, there's always a scene in Iron Man where Tony Stark, Iron Man. Yeah, robot guy. He does like an analysis. He goes down to his lab and he, you know, analyzes something and thinks about something and he has like a eureka moment and he does all these like, you know, 3D manipulations through his cool AI. And then he, he you know, lands on his design or what he's going to work on. And then he goes into like build mode. And so when you said that, like it, that's just kind of like what I see in my head. And, and I'm kind of the same way. Like I like to kind of write things down and kind of formulate a little bit of a plan of attack. Like not necessarily, I'm not engineering it. I'm not like pre-architecting it per se. I'm just like kind of getting a battle plan you know like we talked about like divide and conquer you know in one of those early episodes like mm-hmm. i'm gonna work on this little piece first and then i'll probably try to get on this and you know then i'll stop for lunch like i kind of plan out the sprint and then i just go like build mode you know yeah so how do you decide which things to work on like specifically then i'm always very like priority driven like hardcore priority i'm kind of like when i look at my task list in the morning even if i had pre-sorted it like the day before or whatever i always look at that like first five or six tasks and i'll say something like what must be done today okay and so like based on the answer to that question you know that's kind of what i work on and if i'm really really like pressured for time like last week i was behind on like a lot of stuff so you know according to like what I wanted to get done on my task list. Again, not things I had to get done, but kind of like mentally what I thought, oh, I'll get to that today and tomorrow. And, you know, we start the week with grand plans, right? But by Wednesday, you know, like you said, no packages were up to date. Like people, you know, getting a bunch of support emails, biggest shift day ever, all awesome stuff. But, you know, support emails coming in, making tweaks, following the upgrade guide. Like, so lot of stuff going on just didn't get very far on the task list so when wednesday or thursday comes up and i'm kind of quote unquote behind i kind of have to ask myself like what has to be done today and if there's ever multiple things i actually say what makes me money today okay 
So those are kind of my like guidelines. Like those are like the two heuristics. And if, if nothing on the list relates to either of those things, nothing has to get done. None of it's bringing in money. Then I work on whatever I want to work on. Like I just work on what's fun that day. Like sounds fun. Yeah. Okay. Cause you got to have days like that. I probably tend to focus too much on the, like what sounds fun to work on. At least when I'm working on my own stuff. I mean, it's helpful to have a business partner that's yes. kind of like, like we do strategize over what features we think will potentially increase the number of users, you know, all the different kinds of metrics. Yeah. So either get more people to the site to learn about it or increase the conversions. So the number of people that have heard about it, how many go and sign in or focusing on how many people that sign in, why do they not come back? All those sorts of little things. Yeah. Abandonment. And every task, try and map it to which one of those problems does it solve. But then, yeah, I just decide that, oh, it's really important to upgrade to Laravel 7 right now. So let's put that <laughs> above everything. You're like such a little squirrel. It's funny. I can be a little squirrel, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I I think, like we said earlier, you know, just come full circle. Like everybody, I think everybody comes across that. You know, you don't even have to be a developer. Like it's good to get excited about stuff. I just... Again, I think the true motivators are, you know, again, when you have some kind of time or monetary constraint and you, and that's kind of why I let those things even dictate my day to day. And it's, it's worked for me, you know, not saying it works for everybody, but, you know, just having that little task list, super simple for me, it's just an Apple note. I can update it on the go from my phone. I can update it, you know, from my, like, it's just nice shared through the cloud, nothing fancy. Yeah. And, uh. You know, I just, I tackle stuff there. Okay, cool. Well, we're probably pretty close to 20 minutes. What else we got? We'll kind of just make this the uh, how we work. How we work, yeah. (laughs) Kind of episode. How we make decisions about just general working. And maybe next time we'll get more technical. Yeah. Maybe that'll be the format of this mini series is like one episode, a little softer, setting it up, the story for next episode. And then like we get more technical and then softer and technical. Yeah. Just new topics. Like so. Okay, Like tiny like many, many series within the mini series. Yeah. So in terms of like on that same sort of topic, sometimes it can be hard when you're trying to do work on your own projects and client work Yeah. in terms of managing everyone's priorities. And for me, it tends, tends to come down to, well, if the client is paying me money, then I've gonna, kind of got to put that above like everything else, but also trying to draw some guidelines. So that's when I took this particular contract I didn't want to give them five days a week because I wanted to make sure that I had time to do the things that I needed to get done without having to have any impact on what I was doing for them as well. You know what I mean? No, I think that's a really good point. And maybe something to close on is like, if you have that, you know, luxury, like where you can say, okay, I'm going to work four days a week. Like, I think that's really good because it's, if there's one thing I've learned from the task list, and, and one of the reasons I don't really break things up by day, like Monday, I'm going to do this, Tuesday, I'm going to do this, Wednesday, I'm going to do this, is because I've learned just over the years, like time after time after time, it is so rare that I'll complete a day and truly get everything done yeah. as well as just personal, you know, household chores or even eating lunch, yeah. you know, so it's just, it's so rare to complete everything. So why put that pressure on you? Like just... If you can get that extra day is the point that's going to give you that slack that like allows you to kind of make a catch up day. Yeah. It's basically a buffer. Yeah. Or even just kind of a, if nothing else, like honestly, like, like just a mental health day, like a mental recharge day, work on the things you want. Yeah. Use that as the day to be, you know, a squirrel. 
Yeah, I agree. Watch the Robot Guy movies. Exactly. Right on. Well, yeah, let's let's cut it off there. Nice, nice little 22-minute-ish, I think. I think next time we'll get into more technical aspects of maybe technical decisions that we make in our work and like maybe some technical challenges Yeah, cool. that we faced on our stuff. Let's do that next time. Cool. And again, if you're out there on Twitter, whatnot, uh, and you're a listener, let us know, you know, more things you want to hear about, things you agree with, disagree with. Uh, you know, like I said, we kind of have an undetermined amount of episodes here. They're a little bit free form. So glad to get your feedback and love to talk about it. Unless it's about Robot Guy. You're going to get a couple. Come on. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Just be prepared. It's all in good fun. Yes, yeah, true. All right. See you next week. See ya. Show notes for this episode can be found at basecodefieldguide.com slash 19.